0: We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to
1: move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear.
0: It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Where do I even start with someone like Jordan? He's considered one of the greatest freestyle wrestlers in American history. He's a three-time Pan-American game gold medalist, four-time Pan-American champion, four-time U.S. Open national champion, making the U.S. World or Olympic team in nine different occasions, a two-time NCAA Division I champion, a four-time world champion, and to round it all up and to top it all off, he won the Olympic gold in 2012 for freestyle wrestling. So yeah, definitely one of the greatest American wrestlers of all time. And as you'll hear, super proud to be a dad, super proud to be a a husband, super proud uh, to represent his country, but he's also immensely dedicated. That doesn't completely come naturally. He has to put in the work. So today we're going to hear what it's like for Jordan to live without compromise and how athletic brewing fits into his extremely demanding but extremely rewarding lifestyle. Also, by the way, Athletic has made some incredible videos, some behind the scenes stuff of what Jordan does, uh, seeing him on the mat, seeing him drink some beer, wrestling with folks. I I really encourage you to check it out at Athletic Brewing's website, athleticbrewing.com and our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, look up Athletic Brewing. It's also in the show notes. Well, we've got all kinds of new beers coming out. Obviously, our flagships are always available. You can find them at our website, athleticbrewing.com, where you can order it straight there. Or we have the function to find a store near you that carries Athletic so that you, too, can start living without compromise. All right, let's get into Jordan's story. Um, Jordan Burroughs, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so so you you mentioned this uh, before we were talking, about where are you coming from today? And is that where you grew up?
1: Yeah, so, I, so I'm from South Jersey originally. I grew up in a small town, Sicklerville, New Jersey, about 25 miles outside of Philadelphia. I've been living in Lincoln, Nebraska for the last 15 years. Since college, I decided to stick around and train here. Um, and then just in July of this summer, moved back to the East Coast with my family to be closer to my immediate family. So just made a transition to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, the city of brotherly love, and we're enjoying the journey so far. It's been a good place to live.
0: So I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the stats are, but I don't, I don't think there's a lot of people going from Jersey to Nebraska and then to Philly and you, you were there for 15 years. So it wasn't like, you know, a a quick stint. That's half your life, honestly. What, what is, what has that transition been like? That's, that's gotta be tough. I mean, Nebraska has got to be a totally different pace.
1: It is It's a different place. It's a, it's an awesome place to raise a family. It's very comfortable there is it's inexpensive to live the people are extremely nice the midwestern hospitality um, the schooling is great and we have a great wrestling program here so it's been home for me for a long time I decided to stick around and mostly because of the relationships that I established here. So good being around the coaching staff and all the athletes here I was a big fish in a small pond going to Philadelphia is a little different a lot more hectic but also a lot of good benefits that we've experienced so far a lot of diversity a lot of culture a lot of great food and 25 miles from my hometown where my parents still live in the house that I grew up and the wrestling culture is really strong in the tri-state area so we've really enjoyed the past couple of months that we've had there I'm training with the PRTC right at the University of University of Pennsylvania in downtown Philadelphia so it's uh it's different man we went from living in a home here with a backyard and a porch and a driveway to living An apartment building in downtown Philadelphia. So it's it's a big transition, but the kids are enjoying themselves so far, and my wrestling is still uh, operating at a high level. So you know, when we made this transition, it was to have a holistic lifestyle. Can I still compete at my best and make sure that my family is happy and taken care of? My kids are in great schools with people that they enjoy spending time around that are going to help them thrive. And so all of those things have been checked off thus far. So Philadelphia is a good city.
0: I know, you know, growing up in Jersey, you came from a household that was into sports, but not necessarily athletic. Why wrestling? Why did, you know, that's just not a sport a lot of kids maybe get into in that area. You correct me if I'm wrong. How did it get started?
1: Yeah, basically, I just brought home a flyer uh, from my elementary school one day that said, join your local youth wrestling program. We were the Edgewood Eagles. And I never wrestled before. I wasn't a fan of wrestling, never watched it. No one in my family had ever wrestled, but I think it was something that I was into because I was into the WWF as a kid I used to watch a lot of professional wrestling on TV. So I thought it was similar to that. Plus I remember the graphic had like this really buff Eagle and like a wrestling singer. So I just thought it looked really cool aesthetically. So I remember my mom took me down to the gym later that week and it was a completely different experience than what I expected, right? Like guys weren't jumping off the tight ropes and, you know, people weren't getting hit with chairs and slammed through tables. It was the exact opposite. You know, it was a much, it was a much more technical sport, a much, much more of an art form. But I was a little guy. I was the youngest of four. My first weight class was 45 pounds. Um, so I started at about six, and I was a I was a small individual. I was the run of the family. I was, but I was scrappy. So I think that's what kind of helped me kind of utilize my skills. I was scrappy. I was. Um, competitive and wrestling was kind of one of those outlets where I just enjoyed it right away. And wrestling is not for everyone. It's a very intimate sport. You know, it's like no one likes getting slammed and choked and <laughs> held down against their will. But it was something about it that just—it just—I don't know, man. My personality just fit, and so when I won my first trophy, it was kind of what drew me in and, and kept me in. And so every tournament afterwards, from there on out, I would go to the trophy room before the tournament started and look at all the trophies that were going to be given out at the day, at the end of the day. My dad would always point to the tallest trophy in the room and say, hey, you see that tall one over there in the corner? If you win all your matches today, that's the first place trophy. That's the one you'll take home. And uh, so that inspired me. And that was my pursuit every weekend. My dad was my first coach and he never wrestled a day in his life. He knew nothing about the sport. He knew no technique, but he knew principles. So the only thing he would tell me is work hard don't give up. And if I lose not to cry. those were really the only things that he, he would tell me, He never gave me any technical like advice, never told me, okay, hands here, head here, foot placement here, finish this shot this way, double leg. Um, it was, it was all principles and, uh, but it worked out, man. So it was, it was good for me.
0: So I I know the first two you, uh, you've stuck to has the third one. Have you, have you been able to stick to that too?
1: No. No, I've 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 cried in the Olympics. I cried at the World Championships. I've I've cried many times in my career. At at this point, you know you cry less. When I was a kid, I cried every single time, and the tournaments were meaningless. But it's all relative, right? Like at that time, all I got was a trophy. But you know, as you get older, you put more work into it, and so I think that the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. You recognize all the sacrifices you've made to pursue your goals, and so that's why it's more difficult to swallow when you know you've given everything you've had. You've operated with courage. You've lived your lifestyle the right way. You've slept well. You've eaten well. You've taken care of your body. You've listened to your coaches. You've worked hard with your training partners. And still, sometimes that's not enough. There's no guarantees in this sport. So when you have to face that, it's, it's a difficult uh, thing to operate with um, psychologically. So there have been a lot of nights that I've, I've cried, um, to my wife and just, you know, kind of battling back with my emotions and figuring out, okay, what's next? I think, uh, the process of what we do is you recognize that losing is part of the journey. Everyone who's competed has lost, um, at some point or another. So I think that you start to take losses and recognize that there are ways that you can improve to try to reverse your fortune next time. And, that you can't take any of them personal. You have to have the ability to forget quickly and move on from tournament to tournament, event to event, and maintain the same level of enthusiasm and optimism in everything that you do. And so that's kind of what I've, which helped me get through this career at this juncture. You know, I'm 11 years into my my senior level career, um, but I've been wrestling since I was six.
0: I, I love to think about you at six years old, saying like, all right, mom, they're going to, they're going to let us hit people with chairs and jump off tight ropes. Um, let's go. <laughs> and then no, seeing it was something so different and having to learn all those lessons, something so technical. When did it become apparent to you that you would be able to make this a career or you did have a future in this versus just something you, you, you had a passion for?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I would probably say somewhere between my sophomore, junior year high school is when I recognized where, where this sport could actually take me. Because When you're young, like, it's all about, there are only a few things that I wanted. I wanted to be praised by my family, basically by my parents, my dad. I wanted to have my name in the newspaper, possibly. And I wanted to win really big trophies to display to a whole my friends that came and visited my house. And that was pretty much it. That was the only circumstances in which I was excited about. But when I got older, I started to realize like, man, like, I could do things. I can improve my life with this. I could get out of this small town. I could go to college. I could get it paid for. I could maybe go on to do some incredible things and have a career out of this. But it was at every level, you recognize that there's more. First, it was biggest trophies, And it was recognition and validation for my dad and it was state championship a varsity jacket and my name in the paper and it became a scholarship and it became man maybe i could be a big dog on campus and be recognized here as one of the elite at the university of nebraska and write my name in the record books and then it transitioned to that maybe i could be the best in the world maybe i could be the best in history maybe i can inspire a new generation of wrestlers that'll come be after me Um, So it's it's a it it constantly shifts depending upon you know where you are in your career, Um, and so probably my sophomore year is when I realized that I could do this at the next level. Like it wasn't just something that was a hobby that my parents paid for to buy time and to let me you know utilize my energy, my extra energy as a toddler. It became something that I realized that I could turn into a profession and as a means to. Um, kind of improved the lifestyle that i had been born with
0: i've heard you talk about this concept like camping versus climbing you know, there's a lot of campers out there what what, what keeps you from camping um at a, at a place that's comfortable why why do you keep climbing
1: it's unique the position that we're in because when you're satisfied with what you've accomplished it's easy to settle into this role of comfort but you also have to remember that if you settle into this place, you can also tarnish the legacy that you've worked extremely hard to build. So my advice to people who don't have the passion to do it the way they want did is to get out. If you don't want to compete at your best then leave, you can retire. But if you're going to stay then you have to be focused and you have to remain with that same fervor and energy that you had as a young man. So that's, that's really all it has been for me. It's like, although your body might deteriorate over time you'll start to get older and you'll slow down like my spirit is unconquerable i always have the ability to control my effort and my attitude no matter how my body feels Um, so i've had injuries i've had surgeries i've had losses but the one thing that's never deterred me from achieving my goals is my current circumstance i've always been focused so it's just like when people ask me how long i want to compete i'm like i have no idea the only thing I know is how many championships I want to win. So my focus is is on the titles and not on how I feel. How I feel ebbs and flows and changes by the day and by the moment, but my goals don't. Um, and so every time I reach something that I set out to do, I try to do something bigger or I try to do the same goal more times at a higher level with even more pizzazz than the time before. Uh, so it, it's just the way I'm built. Is the cloth that I've been cut from, and I recognize all of the, the benefits that come with with hard work. Like All the people that I admire that live lives that are admirable are the ones that work hard, stay disciplined, and have a lot of courage in the way that they move. So that's what I just try to replicate.
0: It's that mental toughness that you're so uh, known for. What, what do you do specifically or anything in particular to, to gain that? is it tied directly to that physical training and that physical toughness is the mental within that or is it separate in a way that you, that you work on separately
1: mm, that's a good question i think uh you know it, it really it's it's hard to say man i think you try to work on your mind you know in and sport We were talking about this today. So we have, there's a spectrum. There's two things that are really important to being great at athletics. One is work ethic. The other is courage. You have to have the ability to work. But the ability to work without having courage will sabotage your willingness to to be great. So it's like sometimes the harder you work, the less courage you need. Because you're like, well, I worked really hard. I did everything right. So I should just win. It should be easy for me. And then there's opposites, the guys that have so much courage, which they're just absolute savages. They're gamers. They're ready to compete at the whim. But if you don't have the work ethic, then you won't be consistent enough in your daily routine to even sustain the courage that you have when the time comes. So I think that we're constantly working on our mindset, whether it's visualization, putting ourselves in difficult circumstances, um, operating in places of discomfort. And really just stepping out of our comfort zone and seeing who we can become. Like, that's the ultimate measure of a man is like where they stand in times of discomfort. Like it's easy to do things that you feel good about, that you're passionate about, and that you love. Like, can your commitment to what you set out to do supersede your feelings on days that you don't feel like training? There are been plenty of days I don't feel like going to the wrestling room. I don't feel like being courageous. I don't feel like pushing myself to my limits. I'm hungry. I'm tired. And I haven't slept. But those are the days that I feel like I make the biggest improvements. Because I've controlled my mind. And I've forced my body to stick with the routine. Because I've been committed to it. Not because I loved it. Not because I was in love with it. But because I made a commitment to being the best at something. And when you do that, you have to, you have to stay the course no matter what. So... I think for us, we, uh, we try to stay dialed in on our mental focus as much as possible. Not only training our bodies, but training our minds.
0: That's, that's going to last a lot longer than your body, too. And I, and I know you got a ton of wrestling still left, um, but I do want to ask, what are you most excited or, or what do you currently do that most excites you about putting that mental toughness to work? Because that, that's transferable anywhere. Parenting, um, career, entrepreneurialism. Uh, wh- where are you most excited to use that side of things
1: mm. and I'm really in everything bro like when every every i've wrestled since i was a kid so it's always been the most important thing to me everything i've learned from a character perspective has been learned through the sport of wrestling discipline integrity honor strength persistence resilience everything that i've learned from wrestling, I implement into every facet of my life. So it's not like, oh, I learned how to be a better wrestler from being a husband. It's like, no, I'm a good husband because I first was a good wrestler. I'm a good father because I first was a good wrestler. And so everything that I've achieved has come strictly through wrestling. Like You have to operate with strength and honor and integrity in everything that you do. And so the results of that is That hard work works. Hard work works, and so when I work hard in every facet of my life, um, the way that I operate as you know, as a peer, as a teammate, as um, a father, as a husband, as a leader, it have been a lot easier for me because I've wrestled, um, and so they're not easy, <laughs> but they're a lot less difficult because I- I'm prepped for it, um, and so I think that's why wrestlers transition well to everything that they do, whether it's, you know, other um, sports, MMA, the NFL, or, you know, being great employees, being CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, there's just a certain spirit about wrestlers that we operate with a sense of humility, but also with a strong sense of character, and discipline, and like a warrior-like spirit. We work well with teams. We know how to listen. We know how to take criticism and then implement it into a strategy. How to be in difficult times? How to skip meals and still perform at a high level? How to get our butts kicked and still operate with with confidence? A lot of a lot that I've learned in this sport is how I operate in life, and I don't think there's any sport like it. There are a lot of sports out there that are great for character development, but you know this is this is the greatest sport in the world. There's truly nothing like it. Once you've wrestled everything else, in life becomes easier.
0: It's definitely unique, man. I I tell you what, I I don't think I've met or talked to anybody that's a wrestler that isn't just tough as nails. I always want to ask this about Olympic champions as well, Olympic gold medalists, which are one. What's been the biggest change you've noticed you know, pre-Gold Medal Jordan and post-Gold Medal Jordan, like how people perceive you, what life is like? And is there anything about pre-Olympic gold that you miss?
1: Yeah, man. That's a that's such a, a, a great perception yeah but I mean before the nothing's as fun as the first time when you do something for the first time it, it, it's truly incredible like there's a certain like level of like obliviousness and naivety that you operate with so you don't really enjoy it as much because you don't have as much perspective but it's it's also so cool because it's the first time um, and so you know after there's a certain level of expectation that follows you where you know what you're capable of, you know what you've done. And now the world's like, okay, can you do it again? So now the pressure, the anxiety, the expectation arises. Um, so I think the, the beauty pre-Olympics is, you know, you're, you're, you're operating from a place of this childlike one wonder, where you're like, man, this is super cool. I can't believe I'm here. I used to watch this on TV. Oh my goodness, there's Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, and there's Serena Williams, Michael Phelps. Like, this is sweet. To, you know, you you start to shift your patterns to, man, I was a gold medalist in 2012. I got to do it again. And it's, you know, it's I haven't won a gold medal. It's it's been nine years since I was an Olympic gold medalist. It's time to. You know, to recapture this, I'm running out of time. I'm getting older. My career's coming to an end. I'm not as good as I once was. So there's there's all these these doubts that you you're battling psychologically pretty much daily, um, and that can be that can be tough to deal with at times. But I think uh, what I have learned is that if I do win the Olympics again, it will be much more special and meaningful to me than the first time. Although it changed my life and my perspective and how I viewed myself, how other people viewed me, I also understand that there's so much more work that's been put in between who I was then and who I am now. I've had to do a lot to, to maintain for a decade since. You know, and so I think ever since I stepped off the podium in London in twenty twelve, I've been trying to replicate that performance and, and trying to get back on the podium. Um, but it's it's hard, man. It's it's a hard It's a hard thing to do. So, you know, I think at this point, you know, I love what I was able to do then because of who it allowed me to become all the opportunities and benefits that I had post London, you know, forever for the rest of my life. You're never former, never past. You're always an Olympian. You're always an Olympic gold medalist. That's something that can never be taken away. And the UFC and boxing, if you lose, you give up your belt.
0: Yep. For, former world champion or former this or
1: that. Right. You have to give your belt to the guy that beat you. But I'll never, my, my gold medal is always safe on my bookshelf at my home. Wherever I live, my medal will follow me, not only for a lifetime, but beyond your death. When I die, people will be talking about my wrestling career for the rest of time. As long as the sport of freestyle wrestling exists in the United States of America and around the world, the name Jordan Burroughs would be synonymous with it.
0: And you made me want to get out and go get a gold medal, Dadgum! I don't know what it'd be in, but uh, start training now. It's awesome because yeah. you got you know you got three kids and one on the way. You get to involve them. I know they travel with you. It's a it's a family ordeal, um, and that Burrow's name is going to be carried on for for generations. That is so cool. I'd love to transition into a handful of rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's do it. Rapid fire number one: What are you most curious about right now outside of wrestling?
1: Wow. I would say I am most curious about life after wrestling. Interestingly enough, like, my focus is to be the best wrestler I can be with the time that I have remaining, but I'm also a guy that's interested in what my life is going to be like after most people at 33 years old are transitioning into what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. I'm transitioning out of what I've done for my entire life, you know? So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what else I'm passionate about, what else I love and what I want to pursue. So it's going to be an interesting journey for me. I've been dabbling a lot of stuff, but I'm curious what I love and uh, what I'll be able to, uh, to enjoy for the next 40, 50 years.
0: Awesome answer, and and congratulations by the way, uh, for for going to be competing at Wor- worlds, moving up a weight class. I got I, I, I got I to ask this: how crazy? Like on a scale of one to ten, for people that don't know, how crazy is that that you move up a class your your first time in your career?
1: Yeah, it's the first time. I've since 2011, I've wrestled the same weight class at every tournament. So since 2011, this this weekend was the first time I'd ever wrestled. An event upper weight class, um, and I won first place. (laughs) So it was good. The the good thing was I didn't have to cut as much weight, right? So I typically wrestle at one sixty three. Has been where I won all my world championships and the Olympic games, and then this weekend I got to wrestle at one seventy four. So it's an eleven pound jump. So guys are a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, Um, but so am I now because I don't have to cut any weight, so I can lift hard i can i can wrestle hard i can train i can focus primarily on my technique and not losing weight so most of the time that i'd be spending you know on the treadmill and the sauna on a peloton now i'm just spending on on technique and wrestling work um, so i feel like i've gotten better more explosive and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so i got a, a belly's full and uh i'm back on team usa so i'm excited
0: you you might have already answered this. You know this might be obvious the the Olympic gold medal. But what is your proudest achievement?
1: Mm, my proudest achievement is is being a faithful husband, one hundred percent. Like because it's so hard, it's so difficult to be a good quality husband of integrity and honesty in today's society. So that's my that's my proudest achievement, unquestionably.
0: That's awesome. All right, this also might be obvious, obvious too. Biggest goal not yet achieved.
1: Mm, I mean, I would like to win the Olympics again. <laughs> if if I, I want to be, I want to be a two-time Olympic gold medalist. You know, I won in twenty twelve. The next Olympics are in twenty twenty four. It's a twelve-year drought. Twelve-year drought. There's not a lot of people winning um, Olympic golds twelve years between one another.
0: W- would that be the biggest gap by an Olympic wrestler?
1: Um, for a wrestler. No, no. It was just a guy who did it from Cuba this year. He won his first gold was in twenty or two thousand eight in Beijing, and he just won another gold in Tokyo this year. And he's he's older than I. Um. So it's a uh, that would be that would be a proud achievement. But you know, I've got kids now too. So you know, the what what I want for myself in my personal journey is is my thing. But what what we want for our kids is become kind of our family thing. Like we want to, we want to create individuals that are contributors to society that operate with kindness um, and that are hard workers. Um, and so we love our family. We're excited to add a fourth. Um, we feel like every kid adds a different dynamic, a missing dynamic to the family. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's constant entertainment. It's hard work, but it's, it's satisfying. It's the hardest job I will ever love.
0: Man, that's awesome. I love that you said kindness too. I have two rules for my kids. I don't care if they're dumb as a rock when they grow up. I want them to be kind and I want them to be problem solvers. And if they can right, do that, sure. everything else is just kind of tied up in that, you know, working yep. hard, being, having high integrity. And I'm like, if y'all can do that, y'all will make me happy. I don't care what you do. But let's see this. All right, let's, let's move to a less like a intense, all encompassing question. What's a daily habit you like to stick to? maybe your
1: favorite i like to yeah yeah so i am a what do i like to do my hobbies i like to eat eating is eating my favorite thing to do um so like every big city i go to i have multiple restaurants picked out for every meal breakfast lunch dinner coffee i uh i'm a big time eater um we like to cook a lot at home we're we like have, have a heavily plant-based organic diet um so that's probably my favorite thing to do is like i really enjoy mealtime um but like i like cars I'm, I'm really into cars that's one of my hobby i like to follow listen watch i like to drive i like clothing i'm into fashion um i like teaching my kids how to wrestle both of my kids are in the are wrestling beacon and aura. they're seven and five uh so yeah i, I would say pretty much my days is, is heavily revolved around like like sports and then just like excellence, like figuring out what we can do. That's really cool. Like what can we contribute to society that's going to make it better? Um, and then also how, what kind of good food can we eat today? That's a, that's a big part of it.
0: Oh man. I, and I, and I, we didn't even talk about this. That's probably a lot of that's due to how much you have to sacrifice to make weight and, uh, at tournaments, just how crazy, crazy y'all schedule is with trying to make weight and stuff. It's just, that is the least appealing part of what you do to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tell you you want to you want to know a, a lot about a man, you just take food away from him. So <laughs> I've had a lot of had a lot of hangry days where yeah, you know, I'm cutting weight and you know the hardest part about cutting weight sometimes is when you got a pregnant <laughs> wife at home and you're cutting weight and she's having all these cravings and she's eating pancakes at midnight and you're freaking cutting weight because you got to make weight the following day. It's, it's a, it's a difficult task, but it's, it's part of what we do. So I don't really take too much. Uh, I don't, I don't hate it too much.
0: Oh man. Something else. Well, well a couple more questions. We'll wrap up. What's a hobby you have that you don't really talk about? I mean, you, you kind of already answered that with cars and fashion, but anything else that you, you maybe do for fun?
1: Um, yeah, I like to, I'm a big reader. Like I'm an avid reader. Um, is something I don't really talk about much. Uh, the more I've read, the more like I've learned to, you know, so like when you, my mindset has, it's some of it's been taught, but most of it's been like read. It's because like I'm heavily versed in like so many different avenues of individuals that were excellent at what they did and that they were able to give knowledge back to people like me who were continuously seeking it. Um, so like whenever I talk less about what i know and it's more about what someone has once taught me or something that i experienced that a lesson that you know kind of helped me perpetuate this this thought process um so yeah i like to read um i'm a big time reader i like to write um so if you go to like my ig if you look at most of my instagram captions they're like very very long because i like to tell stories so my reading and my storytelling it's something I like to do, and my dream is to to write children's books. Um, at some point, I really feel like I have uh a, a good mind to write some really compelling children's stories that would that would do well.
0: Body slamming some monsters, in some
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no doubt, that'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> Man, I love it. Well, uh, do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, man. I, so I was just thinking about that. There's really three of them that we have and we keep in our fridge most often. It's the Run Wild, Upside Down, and then Free Wave are probably the ones that we, we consume most often. The great thing for me is I love when I have guests that come to our house and they're like, hey, you got anything to drink? And I, I'm always like, hey, yeah, love. I love to, we got some beers in the fridge. And so I give, they're like, what kind? And I'm like, oh, there's this company that I work with called Athletic Brewing. And so I don't even tell them that it's non alcoholic, but I I love giving them athletic brewing. They're like, damn, this is good. I'm like, yeah, bro. And it's only got less than half a percent of alcohol. They're like, what? No way. This tastes so good. But you know, I've, I've actually been getting into the the flavored seltzers too. The day packs I really enjoy. I think they're really good. I I like the taste of, you know, I'm a fruity guy. (laughs) When I was in college and I operated with, with alcohol, it was always the fruity stuff. So, I'm always into the mango and some of the other things that, that tastes good and, and are refreshing.
0: Fashion cars, mangoes, maybe <laughs> Miami's in your future, man. I don't know. Um, so, you know, we say brew without compromise. Cause that's what you got to do when you do something different. If you do something out of the box, you got to be excellent all the time. Uh, what does it mean to you to live without compromise?
1: Man, for me, living without compromise is being is being me and unapologetically knowing that what I've set out to do, a lot of people won't understand, and that's okay. But it's not okay for me to compromise my goals to be to fit in. I think about it specifically on last weekend um, or, or Labor Day weekend. I went to my parents' house and I had a barbecue with my family and I was on the grill and I'm cooking. There's certain things that you know, they buy snacks, treats, cakes and alcohol and everyone's indulging and enjoying these things. But I had a competition this past weekend. And so it would be easy for me to lose focus and lose discipline in that moment and say, you know what, I'm going to have a, a cheeseburger and then I'm going to have, you know, a glass of wine. And I'm also going to have a slice of cake and I'm going to have some deviled eggs or I can make sure that I bring my own salmon, I bring my own bottles of water, and that I'm, I'm prepped for my competition the following week. Even though everyone around me is indulging and in living the life that is okay with them, I know that this is what I need to be at my best. And so regardless of what they're doing, I can't partake in that because that will deter me from living excellently and then also performing optimally the following week and so compromise to me is is or living without compromise means no matter where i am who i'm with what time of the year it is this is the lifestyle that i've selected for me and i will remain disciplined within it regardless of the circumstance and that's that's pretty much it man no no one can no one can deter me from what i want this is what i want i know how to get there this is the schedule i set for myself Everything else that's not going to help me get there is a distraction. I stay away from it.
0: Maybe athletic brewing can help you avoid distractions as well. If you'd like to try some, go to athleticbrewing.com where you can order it, or you can also find it on store shelves using our store finder. I also encourage you to check out Jordan's Without Compromise film series at our YouTube channel. All of that, including where to find Jordan, is in the show notes. And until the next episode, keep getting out there, keep living without compromise, and keep going after your next gold medal.